Two, one. I'm TJ. And I'm Will. And this is... Real Talk, Talk Sports. Sports. A lot of exciting things are happening this sh- this week. Um, college basketball season is finally going to begin. Woo! <laughs> because a lot... Expecting a lot this upcoming. And, well, Will, let's talk about it. What what can... Before we get into that, though, Gardner-Webb Sports, men's basketball, we're finally getting to see that. They take on number 13 Miami tonight. And then Monday they play number 8 Florida. So they played two ranked teams in their first two games. Well, it's talking about the Miami game. So the players to watch for Miami, you got the senior point guard, Jaquan Newton, 13.5 points, 3.4 assists, 3.5 rebounds. He he was their leading shooter. And then Bruce Bowen, the sophomore, who won, who was up for ACC Freshman of the Year, averaged 11 points but didn't a lot. Now, they picked up a great freshman player recruit. His name is Lonnie Walker, averaged 18 points per game at his high school. Miami is really hyped about this player. Now, we look at Gardner Webb. No LaQuincy Rodeo, as we have mentioned. Tyrell is overseas playing basketball. No more Tyrell. With that being said, we do need to look out for a lot of players, though. Well, we got a lot of great teams. You know, Nate Johnson has returned. Yes, he has. His shooting is amazing. That's one thing to watch out for. Liam is still here. You got Jamal and Dave, I mean, David Effiani, Jamal Robotu, who led the team in first and second in scoring. With that being said, they looked hot against the scrimmage against Wofford. Now, talking about this, Will, this is a pretty tough schedule to start out the season. You know, I mean, Gardner-Webb's men are going to be in Florida for until next Thursday. So they've got a tough schedule. They play Central Florida after Florida. So let, let's let's get your view on this, Will, on this men's basketball team. Well, I think it's not just the first uh, two games that's going to be tough, but overall this uh, season's going to be tough as well because also in the season, the this team's going to be taking on uh, teams like Auburn and Maryland. That's right. Auburn. So, so they have, they're really testing them, uh, themselves out, and I began to think... Uh, since the football team was pushing themselves, I figured the men's basketball was, was doing the exact same but, thing. I mean, men's basketball, they have an even tougher schedule. I mean, t- the toughest team that Gardner Webb has placed non-conference-wise was um, Wyoming. And uh, uh, as much of a big of a blow as uh, LaQuincy leaving uh, us, uh, or Le- leaving the dogs, um, I figured uh, that it could probably uh, also be a bit of a benefit, because then that would allow other uh, players on the team uh, to shine, like... Uh, how uh, David Effiani, Jamal Roberto, Nate Johnson, and Liam, uh, uh, but not to mention uh, a, a sophomore, uh, Patrick Zeck, uh, who scored 12 points in, in the exhibition game against Wofford. And this guy had two blocks in that game as well. You know, he's really, I think if if Lasan Lasan looks like he's better though this year. Lasan looks like he's more tougher in the paint. Yes. But if you see Lasan struggling a little bit, you've got a backup guy to go in there and not be worried about not having enough height. And talking about Brandon Miller, a senior as well, who this is his year to shine. Did okay in the scrimmage, but he has a lot of potential here. He's great on the rebounding game. Do not question um, his game inside the paint. The boy can shoot when he gets in the paint, and he's hard to stop. Now, with that being said, what do you do to face an, a ranked team like Miami? Okay, uh, so this is going to be your first day game of the season, and obviously you have a lot to prepare for, especially since you have to travel quite a bit uh, all the way down to Coral Gables. Oh, yeah. Um, I say the best thing to do is just rest up uh, your players because it could be a long uh, game. Now, I know this is early, but looking at the Big South Men's Conference, Will, um, we look at Campbell, led by Chris Clemens, a person who I've who I got to know during high school and am friends with. Um, but UNC Asheville, they only lost a couple players. They're still almost the same. A lot of good competition here. And so we're talking about it's going to be a long way before conference play, but what right. do you expect to see? I mean, Campbell, they play Wake Forest. That's, that's their season over, and I know Presbyterian, if I'm not mistaken, they play Indiana, and hmm. 
the, the Big South is being put up against a lot of good teams. With that being said, we'll go ahead and projecting uh, Liberty as well. You can't forget about Liberty, but right. let's talk about the Big South Conference. Think, what do you expect? I think this? with the big games like this, this is going to put the Big South uh, on the map because uh, uh, not a lot of people know about UNC Asheville or Campbell or Gardner-Webb or Presbyterian. And, but uh, the only team that actually did make a bit of an impact was Winthrop, uh, who made it to the NCAA tournament last year. Yeah, you know, they still have almost the same amount of play, the same all, players from last year. Almost the same amount of players, so they're obviously going to be a big threat to, to this conference as well. Oh, heck yes. Uh, but I say that this is uh, going to get them uh, some attention, uh, even though that they're going up against uh, some highly uh, uh, high-octane uh, teams. Yes, I agree. And, uh, you know, it makes me sad that they don't play any of the Auburn or Maryland or any of those guys here at home because I would love to see that impact that Gardner has because their defense looks impressive to me. And one thing I noticed, though, their shooting has gotten better. You know, they, it was great last year, but free-throw-wise, they looked impressive. You know, free-throws, you know, we, we saw them struggle a lot with last year, and I saw a big impact on how they were doing with that, didn't you, Will? Uh, yes, I did. Women's basketball take on a, a team, a school I've never heard of. It's called Prithier. They're like, oh, it's, uh, I, th- I thought it was Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer, probably. Uh, <laughs> see, I, that's I never heard of that, so I went no. But you know, looking at women's basketball, they have a tough schedule as well. You know, they play Kentucky next week, and. You want to talk about good impact players like seniors Alexis Hill and Tierra Huntsman. Tierra, great point guard, dominant three-point shooter. Alexis Hill reminds me of of a female version of Kobe. She really does. And the reason I say that, she can shoot from wherever. It doesn't matter. She can. She's a shooter. She's a great defensive player. And you you look at the, her form, it's amazing to see. And, you know, it's going to be sad when they lose these two players. And, of course, a couple of others. With that being said, though, well, what do you expect to see from women's basketball? A bigger, better, a little bit of improvement. You know, they a lot of a couple of players have transferred out. Well, obviously, uh, since uh, one of since uh, one of the teams that they're playing is Kentucky, that obviously proves that they're trying to test themselves. And I appreciate it that they're trying to test themselves. You should uh, every once in a while. Heck yes. Uh, but uh, I say that that's going to be your biggest test. I don't know if that's going to be much uh, to worry uh, about. Um, Alexis Hill and Tierra Hudson, as dominant as they are on the court, um, I think they could uh, definitely lead this uh, team to uh, a couple wins uh, this season. And, you know, we lost three total players. You know, we lost Charlisa and Mo. They are back down in Florida from where they're from. No, Lovely Locklear is gone. Um, that's a little bit of a loss because, you know, she was actually a decent player, great at the point guard position. So a lot of makeups that we've they've had to make, a lot of people they've recruited, but we still got those twins from last year that are really good. Yeah. Carly and Sam. With that being said, I'm really impre- excited to see where this goes from here. And you do. With, so with that being said, going into Gardner-Webb football, two games left. Football, this team has struggled, and it doesn't make it any better that they're playing a tie- a conference leader that is tied with Ken- Kennesaw State, Monmouth. And, you know, Monmouth and Kennesaw State play each other next week to right. decide the title. Now. We gotta watch out. For, watch out for Mammoth's rushing attack. They've got a lot of great player, great players here. You know their QB. He can run and throw. He's more of a passer than he is a runner. But watch also. One guy I would say to watch out for when it comes to running would definitely be Guerrero, and he's the running back. You know he has six rushing touchdowns, 749 total rushing yards, and all-purpose yards. The boy can catch. He has 1,059 total all-purpose yards. With that being said, their defense has been exceptional. You know, led by Mike Basile and Manny Margado. You know, Mike Basile has 97 total tackles, 16 tackles for a loss. You know, Manny has five leads the team in sacks. He has eight tackles for a loss. With that being said, Will, let's talk about this Mama team. What does 
you know, Gardner-Webb football, obviously they know this season's not going to end as what they want. This season hasn't gone the way they want. No. How do you finish off beating a good team like Monmouth? Okay, I mean, yeah, This is the team that held Kennesaw State to 17 points. Yeah. This is actually a tough one, considering on... Uh, well, judging by how Gardner-Webb did the last year, and I don't really judge all that much, but uh, seeing how Gardner-Webb did... Uh, I mean, uh, their defense slightly improved uh, since the uh, last time because uh, I remember one uh, one time when Liberty had the ball uh, or or when Charleston Southern had the ball, there was an interception. Next possession, it was a fumble recovery. Next uh, possession, it was another interception. Mm -hmm. uh, and I figured, okay, defense slightly improving. Now, offense... Sadly, not so uh, much. So I figured to uh, try to get uh, in as much offense as possible. We've talked about the struggles of this offensive team. You know, you know bad off offensive linemen being injured, and you've had to put freshmen in there that have struggled this year. And it's no offense to them, but it's true. It's been that case all year. And, you know, Tyrell not being able to throw the ball, really, not having a lot of time to decide, hey, do I want to run or throw? And, you know, when it comes to your QB being sacked more than about almost five times a game, that's a really big struggle. But with that being said... Does this football team have a chance to beat Monmouth? Of course they know. Any team has a chance. And when you have a David versus a Goliath team, it's always a good game, in my opinion, because right. you know sometimes David is going to come out on top. With that being said, though, like I said, defense, they've improved. And it's going to be interesting to see how they stop this Monmouth attack. But going against guys like Manny, Monmouth's defense with Manny and Mike Basile, um, it's not going to be easy. And it's at Monmouth that makes it even tougher. So with that being said, Gardner-Webb wrestling, I know they're 0-1. They lost um, their first match. I don't know how they – they they went to Virginia Tech and had um, a little – where multiple teams wrestled. Yeah, a, a bit of a torment. Yes. With that being said, what do we expect to see from this wrestling team so far, Will? This is actually one of Gardner-Webb's best sports here. All right, so uh, I've uh, actually looked up uh, how they uh, did at uh, the 2017 Hokie Open. Uh, Tyrell Marinelli, uh, he led the way in uh, three newcomers uh, in the top six finishes in the freshman and sophomore division. Um, uh, he went up against uh, Doug Gutenberg, I think that is, of the Citadel before falling by a 6-3 to three score to do standout Mitch Feinsilver. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and, and then uh, the... There was a 15-7 major decision, which ended on a high note for the running Bulldogs. Uh, overall, it looked like uh, these uh, guys, I mean, uh, business, uh, especially uh, with uh, some of the guys that, that have returned. And so, we get, after, the week after Thanksgiving, we're interviewing two of them. We're interviewing Josh and Artur, who are projected to do very well this year. Actually, with that being said, so... Look for that after our Thanksgiving break. I think that'll be an interesting interview next week. We're expected to interview defensive player for football Donovan, who has helped, who has done well for this team despite the ups and downs as well. With that being said, well, we're going to college basketball itself. It starts uh, tonight. Finally. Oh my finally. goodness! I love personally. I love college basketball season. I always get so excited, and people are hate me for this, but I love it more than NBA because it's real competition most of the yeah, time. Yeah, same you know? here. I mean, I feel that. NBA is not as competitive as it used to be anymore. I mean, right. With that being said, though, going back to college basketball, a lot of teams, it's looking pretty good this year. Going to the rankings, I know we said we go into that later, but the top five teams, Duke at number one, a lot of great freshman recruits picked up, led by, um, of course, senior Grayson Allen. But, you know, they've got guys like Marvin, who they picked up, a top 
to recruit. A lot of great guys on there. Michigan State at number two, Arizona at three, Kansas at number four, led by Devontae Graham, a friend of mine, actually, from Broughton oh, High School. okay. And number five, Kentucky. I mean, we always see Kentucky in that mix. And surprisingly, right. we see UNC at low number nine, the lowest we've seen them hmm. in about three years, with that being said, which is that's you can say that's really good. I mean, hey, they're still in the top ten, but why is UNC so low? Like, what do you think has been an impact? And are, is this the UNC team that shuts everyone up about how by showing how good they are? That's kind of what I've been thinking. I think that uh, UNC is starting to lose their identity a little a bit. Um, and basketball, their best sport. Exactly, and uh, they were under uh, some legendary coaches like Dean Smith, and uh, they're still under Roy Williams. Oh, uh, the Roy Williams, yes. I love that man. And um, I'm a Duke fan. <laughs> um, uh, uh, so, obviously, uh, this is they have to make some uh, changes here. Otherwise, uh, they're going to be in for a rough season. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Joe Barry, their um, star guard, broke his hand. He's out for actually two weeks because he punched the wall because he got mad because he lost uh, a game in NBA 2K. So, kind of um, bizarre there. <laughs> Roy Williams didn't know what to say on that one. But they've still got – I mean, they, got, they picked up a good, two good recruits that you really need to watch out for. And – Honestly, you still look at what this team has. You can't forget. Yes, no Justin Jackson, no Kennedy Meeks, and you can't. But you can't harbor on that. Now, there maybe Joe Barry steps up this year after his hand heals and scores more because he at the end of the year he was really scoring. I'm sorry. Sorry. Right. Excuse me. And but also Villanova and Wichita State. Wichita State had its highest ranking since. Ever. Like, this is their highest ranking ever. Where are they ranked? Number seven overall. Number seven? Yes, sir. Impressive, isn't it? Very. Who would have expected this? With that being said, though, Will, what teams do we need to look out for in this season? What team really stands out to you? They're like, you better watch out. You better not cry because this team's coming to town. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, this is a tough one. Um, I have to say uh, Duke is uh, one of them. uh, uh, when you're uh, playing uh, against uh, the legendary uh, Coach K, that obviously means you're in for a uh, bit of a test uh, right there. And uh, Coach K, I think it's safe to say, will go down as one of the greatest uh, coaches in men's basketball history. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also some of the big schools like uh, Kentucky and uh, Kansas can be uh, you know, some stiff competition as well. Um, uh, but let's see. huh? I would say watch out for Wichita State. I think yeah. this is the team that people really... Look forward to seeing too. Um, St. Mary's. I know they're ranked number twenty-two, but they're a dangerous threat, really and truly. Like their three-point shooting last year, and they didn't lose a lot of players. Really, none of their big three-point shooters. They're still on that team. Definitely a team to watch out for. It's, I mean, it reminds me of two thousand and nine Duke when they were leading the nation in three-point shooting. This is what St. Mary reminds me of. And um, you also look at what how Louisville. How is Louisville going to fare without Ripetino and you know being hit with that? NCAA violation thing with everything that has gone on, you know, how do they fare? And you look at teams like, surprisingly, USC, Southern California, this is the highest ranking they've ever been ranked in basketball, at number 10 in the nation. And you look at Minnesota and Northwestern, expected to do great things. Gonzaga, how will they fare despite losing a couple of their great players and losing to UNC in the championship last year? Can they bounce back? What's Cinderella team, Will? Do we, should we watch out here for here, though? I mean, what, what is that Cinderella team that you think is going to come out and surprise people? Uh, well, what should I say is uh, one of them. Um, but uh, I'm actually taking a look at... I've been uh, taking a look at uh, 
um, teams like uh, Gonzaga, because uh, I felt like uh, there were times when they could, probably could have made it to the national championship. Uh, and I, this is going to be a bit of a, a shot in the dark, uh, but I actually think this one team that uh, I see you have here under the picks uh, here, Northern Iowa, Ooh. because uh, I've been paying attention to these uh, guys the last uh, few years, and uh, almost every time uh, I see the NCAA tournament, uh, Northern, I would see Northern Iowa's uh, name in there. So I figured, okay, these guys uh, should be in uh, business, and I think that this could be a big breakout season for them. Honestly, the team, I, I like you said, Northern Iowa, I agree with you on that one. That's a Cinderella team. Um, Georgia Tech, actually, you know, is another Cinderella team, in my opinion. You know, I have a friend who from high school that got recruited by them, averaged a triple-double in high school, named Moses, and he's starting. They've got, they also got a couple new recruits. Georgia Tech's basketball team is being, is really looking great. And I'm not just saying that because my friend's on there. I really mean that. They look really good. They, I watched, I saw clips of the scrimmage they had. They, they looked amazing. Now, I cannot wait to see when they play number 21 UCLA tonight. I, 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 I'm expecting a lot tonight. So, with that being said, let's do college basketball picks. Our, the first time of us doing it for this season. It's exciting here. Cause first of many. Georgia Tech, like we were talking about, they take on number 21 UCLA, who actually looks pretty decent. Do we see UCLA going down tonight, Will, or do you see Georgia Tech not being the big Cinderella team here? Um, well, if there's one thing we know about college basketball is that it's probably more unpredictable than college football. Yeah. Um, uh, nah. So I think this might actually be a, a close uh, game, but I say that UCLA will win this one. I'm going to go with Georgia Tech and upset. Like Ooh. I said, they're going to be a Cinderella team. I think they upset UCLA tonight. Number 25, Texas A&M. They are ranked this year. They got a couple of good recruits. Now they take on number 11, West Virginia. Who wins this one tonight, Will? All right. Uh, so both teams want to make an impact. Uh, they're both uh, ranked. Uh, probably don't get that distinction very much, uh, but I say that the team that will be most motivated is uh, Texas A&M with all these uh, new recruits. Uh, I say that they're going to pull out an upset Ooh, here on the Mountaineers. I like that. I'm going to go with number 11 of West Virginia. I think if you look at what West Virginia's got, the coach they have there, I've watched him for years. He, He's always found a way to help this team grow, even in their worst years. You know, they learn a lot, and they they always surprise you. I'm going with West Virginia. You know, the reason I put number 9 UNC versus Northern Iowa, because it's always a good showdown when these two face each other. Now they face each other again. UNC has won the last three matchups against Northern Iowa. Do they win their fourth one, or does Northern Iowa bring a surprise with them here. Well, like I said before, Northern Iowa, they have just been a surprise as of late. And I say if they want to make an impact, then uh, this is their uh, moment. Uh, um, UNC, they have been struggling. They want to make an impact as well. But I say, who wants to, to uh, do this? Uh, who wants this more? And yeah. I say Northern Iowa. I'll go Ooh, with them. I like that. I'm, I'm going with UNC simply because I think there's a lot of good things going on with this program. I like Roy Williams. I like what he's done with the program. I'm going with UNC. Another team that I think we should watch out for are Virginia, Alabama, and Rhode Island. I think those basketball okay. teams are also going to be teams to look out for. All right, so Tuesday's games is the big college hoop showdown. Number one versus number two. Number four versus number five. Number one, Duke, takes on number two, Michigan State. Duke has won the last two meetings against Michigan State. Who wins this one tonight, Will? Uh, this is a little too unfair, having uh, having uh, this uh, big game right off. Uh, the bat, but they want to rich our appetite a little bit. Um, I'm uh, going to go with uh, Duke. Coach K has uh, been uh, very impressive as of late. Um, and I say with uh, some of the recruits that Duke has been getting, a little mixed with some of the uh, veteran players, I think that this could be a potential threat for a national championship. Yeah, I'm going to go with Duke as well. I really think Duke is the big threat in this year, and I really I, I like what I see from Michigan State, but I think Duke is the better team in this situation. Number four, Kentucky. 
Oh, wait, hold on. I think I got that wrong. Did oh, number four, Kansas takes on number five, Kentucky. I mixed that up. Oh, really? Yeah, number Kansas number four, Kentucky's number five. Oh, okay. But either way, they play each other no matter what their ranking right. is. Who wins this one on Tuesday, Will? Okay, so this is going to sound really weird, but almost every time possible, I would think that Kansas could probably win the national championship because they have been having a bit of a drought as of late. Um, uh, but they're going to have a tough uh, game right off the bat against uh, Kentucky. Um, uh, uh, so I say if they want to prove that they're worthy of, uh, uh being considered like one of the top uh, teams uh, in the, the country, I say they start by knocking off uh, Calipari and the Wildcats. Um, so I would say that the Jayhawks win this. I like that. All right. So Mason, Mason, the third who led the team, in, who led Kansas in scoring last year, went to the NBA draft, got picked up. So their leading scorer is gone. Now, this is where you see the players like Devontae Graham need, that need to step up. I think they do that. Now, you look at Kentucky. They, It doesn't matter what freshmen they pick up. Those freshmen are going to go to the draft either way. So when you look at this, Calipari is a good cho- coach. I like what I, I like his methods. I may not like the guy personally. I like his methods. I'm going with Kansas in an upset, though. I like, I like Kansas to beat Kentucky in this matchup. Going to co- um, college basketball for women, another exciting one. All right, well, so... Being a guy from Connecticut, yes. uh, talking about the UConn women here, how did they rebound <laughs> from last year's loss? Oh, wow. Because um, here's what I know. Because UConn women is kind of seen as uh, the evil empire. They're kind of like the Yankees and the Patriots of women's basketball. Uh, so when uh, they actually lost in the Final Four, people were shocked and happy all at the same time. <laughs> But I don't think that's going to stop Gino Ariema, who is a phenomenal coach, as tough of a guy as he is. He's also very smart. Um, I think that UConn could bounce back from this, despite the many obstacles that they have in front of them. Yeah, and their second game of the year, they take on number 10, Stefan, which we'll get into in a few minutes. So looking at these rankings, well, UConn, of course, at number one, rightfully so. Texas women, number two, they, they're always that team that starts out well, and then they lose like three games in a row and fall off the map. But Baylor women in South Carolina, to me, are the w- teams to watch out for, really and truly. These are the dangerous teams that, if UConn is playing them this year, they could be a big threat, especially South Carolina. I think I think people need to realize, you know, they won the championship last year, and what makes you think they won't do it this year? With that being said, though, look, it looks like a pretty good team, pretty good um, rankings down here, and of course... Virginia women and Miami women look pretty impressive this year. And also, NC State women, they look, they've got a couple new recruits. They, they might surprise some people. Going to picks now. Oh, well, wait, before we do that, Will, what team looks impressive to you other than UConn women? Uh, UConn women, uh, I would say Stanford, um, Oklahoma, uh, the Tennessee Vols, and the Lady Bears of Baylor. Ooh, I like South Carolina. I think they are great. I think the Baylor Bears, I love the ladies' Baylor Bears, I think. They're a great team. They always have been. You never see that. It's been years since they haven't been ranked, especially in the top ten. And I like I like what I see from Stanford's women as well as Tennessee's women. I've always, ever since that um great I can't remember name off the top of my head that coach that the women had that sadly died to cancer. Oh, Pat Summit. Yeah, Pat Summit. You know, I've always had huge respect for the Tennessee women's volunteers. Same here. I'm I'm excited to see. And like I said, we talked about Cinderella teams, which actual Cinderellas. So it's going to be impressive to see. The big game tonight, though, is number 10 Stanford versus number 5 Ohio State. Stanford, after this game, will play number 1 UConn. Which game impacts Stanford's schedule, Will? Oh, I'd say 
both this is actually a tough one because Ohio State uh, number five in the nation, but uh, next they're taking on the number one team in the nation who has won how many national championships in the last couple of years? More than I can count. More than we can count. Uh, so I say the UConn one has a bit of a, more of an impact, but uh, they need to focus on uh, this one right now because uh, I'm sure that the UConn game is going to be on uh, Stanford women's uh, minds. Uh, but uh, the coach is going to try to motivate them, keep them focused in the moment right here, and they're going to focus on Ohio State, and I actually think they'll probably get the job done uh, if Stanford wins this one. Do you think they have a chance of upsetting UConn women Tuesday? <sighs> that might be a bit of a tough one because Gino Ariema is a very smart coach. You can't uh, deny it. and oh, he'll, no. He'll do... Uh, uh, he has a bunch of tactics. Uh, he's, in a order coach, to... he's the coach K of women's basketball. Yes, exactly. Like, uh, he... He has all these different tactics to make sure that his team uh, co get, comes out victorious. Definitely. Um, I'm going to go with Stanford women over Ohio State women in an upset. And I'll have to get back to you on probably on the show about if they can beat UConn women or not because that's a tough one. I think UConn, it doesn't matter what challenge they got. They always seem to win. And until that big loss to Texas A&M in the tournament, it, it, I didn't think no one was going to stop them. But right. I think they're going to get back on that streak. I see UConn women going undefeated this year, as a matter of fact. The NBA, we're going to NBA now. Eric Bledsoe from the Suns got traded to the Bucks to join Giannis, Middleton, Jabari Parker. And the only thing the Suns got in return were two second-round picks for the next two years and Greg Monroe. Now, Greg Monroe's a great player, but going to the Suns isn't going to help his career. What, what do you think about this dynamic duo we see with Eric Bledsoe and Giannis here? What, what do we see in the future for here for this guy? Well, obviously it uh, seems like uh, the Bucks are going to be taken more seriously this season than possibly ever before. Because uh, back then, uh, they, only, they would only have a team of players like Andrew Bogut. And uh, now, uh, being led by the legendary Jason uh, Kidd and uh, being... Uh, uh, led by uh, Giannis and now Eric uh, Bledsoe and Jabari Parker. I figured that this could uh, obviously be a, a big threat to the Eastern Conference. I remember when I, when I, when I used to watch the Bucks and they had um, Mate Ellis, um, Brandon yeah. Jennings, oh, J.J. Yes. Redick. And despite the fact they were a good team, they were undermined. They, they never could finish strong in the playoffs. And now you see this good team. You see um, Giannis, MVP worthy here. Chris Middleton, great. Jabari Parker coming back from injury. He's doing very well. And now, you know, they just added Eric Bledsoe to go to that starting lineup. Eric Bledsoe has 15.7 points in it this season so far. Three assists, two rebounds a game. I think Bledsoe really, I think his assist stats go up if he finds a way to get it to Giannis. And, you know, Giannis, he's going to help him get more points as a result. To me, I think that was a good decision. Good career um, decision here, actually, for Bledsoe to decide, you know what, I don't feel like my time here with the Phoenix Suns is worth it. I'm going to go to another team. With that being said, Cavs fans were pretty upset because apparently they were trying, Cavaliers were trying to talk to Bledsoe and coming over, which is crazy. But do you think this, the Cavs fans are just being overdramatic about being upset over not getting Bledsoe? Uh, I say a little bit um, because you're – you're trying to build. They're trying to build their own uh, super team as well. They, <laughs> I don't think they're going to rest uh, until they've uh, proven that they're on the top of the mound. Even though they've proven that a little bit before, when they uh, knocked off the Warriors, coming back uh, three games uh, to one in the NBA Finals. Uh, what was it? Two years ago. Uh yeah. Um. So uh, I know how determined uh, they are. But obviously, there's uh, other options uh, uh, other than just uh, Eric Bledsoe, because they're five and seven right now. Plenty of uh, games left in the NBA for them to make a move. Yeah. 
Um, I think that, you know, see, when you build a super team like that, you don't get competition. And No. Honestly, Cavs fans, you're really overreact. Do you realize who you would have on that team? When Isaiah Thomas comes back from injury, you know how great your guys are going to be? It's just, seriously, it's, it's like Patriot fans. Overdramatic, really and truly. Right. With that being said, though, um, I don't. I think, like I said, I think Bledsoe has a good fit in Milwaukee. And honestly, I think of it this way. They're afraid Milwaukee's going to be a big threat to them. That's the whole thing, in my opinion. If you're really worried about the about Bledsoe going to the Bucks, that tells me you're worried about the Bucks here. You know, Westbrook says on the bad start for OKC, you know, we'll get better. I'm not too worried about it. Right. But, Will, should we be worried about the Thunder right now? They're 4-7 and seven at the moment. Hmm. Really struggling here, not able to close out. Russell, they lost to the Denver Nuggets last night. And what, what can you really say? What... What's going on here? Oh boy, this is a this is a kind of a tough because you would think that the Thunder could be uh, good with all these uh, the players that they've been uh, getting. Um, but I say that the, since they've been struggling, I figured that they could probably be a little bit of easy pickings uh, here. Yeah. Uh, I think, honestly, you know, we're just 11 games into the season, but, you know, this isn't what we thought we would see from the OKC Thunder. You know, when Paul George came over and then Melo, people were like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a super team. OKC is going to be great. But now, we look at this 4-7 and seven start and it's like, oh, maybe we were wrong. What's going on here? And, you know, it's like this. When you have three superstars on the team, it's hard to work it out at first. Look at what happened to the Cavs. It didn't work out perfectly at first, but they managed to make it work the next year. With that being said, I think, give it time, I think the Thunder progress, you know? And, you know, like I said, Cavs are also struggling to shoot. A lot of good teams that we see struggling. I mean, the Cavs lost a close nail-biter to the Rockets last night. James Harden outdid LeBron James. With that being said, it's time for the NBA picks. The Charlotte Hornets, 5-6 and six right now, take on the 10-2 and two Celtics led by Kyrie. They go to Boston to play them. Who wins this one, Will? Uh, I'm going to go with the, the Celtics. Uh, they continue to, uh, to dominate uh, even uh, no, without uh, Isaiah Thomas. But with uh, the addition of Kyrie Irving, I say that just makes them all the better. So I'm going to go with Boston. Kyrie is better than Isaiah Thomas. I've said this before and I'll say it again. And it shows with the Celtics record here. I'm going with the Celtics in this one. Clippers 5-5. Five and five. We talked about the Thunder. They're 4-7. and seven. They, they play the Clippers tonight, who is doing decently well. Blake Griffin at his best right now. Who wins this one, Will? These are uh, two teams who are trying to be uh, super teams, but they're just not finding uh, their mark uh, just yet. But I think uh, down the road they'll have their opportunity. Um, I'm going to go with, for, for right now, I'm going to go with the Clippers. I'm going with the Clippers as well. I mean, I still see, I see a close nail-biter here, but I think Clippers win in the end. Bucks, new addition to Eric Bledsoe, but only problem is they take on Greg Popovich's Spurs, led by Lamarcus Aldridge. Good news is Kawhi is coming back. Bad news, not for another two games. But Greg Popovich said Kawhi looks great. He's ready to go. Can't wait to see him. Tony Parker should be ready by next week. Who wins this one, Will, between these Bucks and the Spurs? Oh, this is uh, tough. I mean, uh, I'm probably looking a little bit too ahead, but I would actually love to see these two teams play in the finals one day. Yeah. Uh, um, but, uh, focusing on the here and now, um, uh, the Spurs got Kawhi Leonard back. He's finally healthy, though that should help him out. But with the, the Bucks, with the addition of Eric Bledsoe, that's going to make, uh, both teams, uh, seem very, uh, high-powered on offense. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm going to go with, the uh, the Spurs, but just by a little bit. Ooh, I like that pick right there. All right, so with that being said, I'm going to go with the Spurs and the close one here. I think the Spurs have a potential here. 
NFL going to the NFL now. Roger Goodell, to many of the owners being upset, including Jerry Jones, which we'll get into later, he signed a five-year contract extension as commissioner. Will so, Will, let's talk about this. I mean, we although we've expressed opinions about Roger Goodell, both good and bad. What what do you think Roger has this um, NFL going? Is that is uh, it's, it's hard to say what I'm trying to say. Like, what do you think about Goodell still being commissioner? Like, no, I can see where you're going with this. Um, a lot of people have mixed uh, opinions about Roger Goodell as of late. Um, uh, and I think uh, I'm one of those people that just thinks uh, he's been doing enough since he, but uh, he's going to be a commissioner of the NFL for another five years because he's been around since, what, 2006? Yes, he has. Uh, so he's going to be here until, let's see, 2023 or something, or 24? Let's see, it's 2022 if he does a five-year extension. He does a five-year extension. So 2022, 2023. Um, uh, so, yeah. Right. Uh, so obviously, uh, I think he just needs to, to try to make uh, some smart uh, decisions here. I don't know what to think about this. I really do. Like I've said, I've had mixed emotions about this, and a lot of owners are threatened to sue if, because they don't like what good, the job Goodell is doing, and it shows how what Goodell has been capable of. Honestly, he these decisions. This is the same guy that didn't want to prove that concussions were killing NFL players. Right. And. Honestly, are we really going to sit by and let this man keep on dictating the NFL? You can't fire a commissioner, obviously, but... No. What... I don't know. I really have mixed emotions about this, and apparently Jerry Jones does too because they kicked him off the commissioner board for decisions because he has intent on suing. It is Jerry Jones versus Roger Goodell. You know, Jerry does not like the way Goodell has treated the Ezekiel Elliott case. They haven't... He is not. He's not like the way Goodell's been running things a lot lately, and a lot of the things have been pointing at the Cowboys. Jerry Jones says. With that being said, good, Will, what do you think about this whole Jerry Jones versus Roger Goodell thing? Whose side would you really? Can you take right now? This is honestly uh, very tough. Uh, I can understand where Jerry Jones was going because uh, you would think that the Cowboys would be a huge uh, threat to this uh, season with Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott and some of the other additions they've been getting. But Roger Goodell just keeps getting in the way with this whole suspension uh, thing. Um, but uh, since the game keeps getting appealed and lifted and, and appealed again, uh, obviously uh, this is going uh, uh, nowhere. And I just don't uh, know if uh, I just don't know what the, is going to happen. So let's let's say Jerry Jones sue goes through, and we see a court case between these two guys. Who right. would who would who would come who would come out with a win in this situation here? Like? Oh, this is a tough one. Um, because Jerry Jones has a good case. He does. Uh, uh, but Roger Goodell, uh, he's uh, the commissioner. He can make uh, the rules, even though a lot of us don't really agree with the rules all that much. But he's in a court case. He can't make anything here. No. And he, Jones has a lot of good advisors with him here on this case. No, that's true. No, with that being said, I don't, it's a crazy situation here. Um, speaking of that, Ezekiel Elliott was denied appeal again by the NFL. He'll be suspended the next six games. And they now they said six games, and then today they said he will miss four games instead of six. He's going to miss games against the Falcons, the Eagles, an important game there for the Cowboys, the Chargers, and the Washington Redskins, another important game, important game before getting another court date. Now, whether or not once this court date goes on, if he will be allowed to play the next two games after that or he'll be suspended for two more, it's just crazy. You know, the ruling means Ezekiel Elliott's six-game suspension is back on, and... You know, he won't, it's just crazy to see. And, you know, a lot of people 
have said there's not been evidence proven to this. And it's it's all about, it's a, a lot of things have been said into this. You know, I was talking to my mom about this, and she agreed that the NFL has shown a lot of favoritism towards QBs like Ben Roethlisberger and Jameis Winston over other players like running backs such as Ezekiel Elliott. With that being said, well, what's your whole thing? How is it wrong to do, and how does this affect the Cowboys in this situation? Um, uh, this is going to affect uh, the Cowboys in a uh, big way since so they've been uh, un under uh, some hot water uh, as of late, uh, both uh, with uh, the commissioner and uh, outside of uh, it as well with the fans and everything. Yeah, and I, the Cowboys, it slims their chances, but it doesn't really hurt them as much as you think. They can still get the job done. I mean, they've got running backs like McFadden and Alfred Morris who can really run the ball now. Of course you're going to miss Ezekiel Elliott. He's, he leads the NFL in rushing touchdowns. This is the guy you love to have on your side. But honestly, the Cowboys have been up and for. I mean, after that win against the Kansas City Chiefs with the great game that Dak Prescott had, I'm not too, too worried about it, but I am upset about this whole thing because, like I said, no evidence to prove it. And with that being said, the Patriots signed Martellus Bennett. What do you think of this good of this pickup, Will? Uh, I think this could uh, potentially benefit uh, the uh, Patriots because, let's be honest, uh, Bill Belichick, this is the guy who can uh, turn uh, the uh, cashier at the McDonald's and make him a Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> so I figured he could uh, do anything with Martellus Bennett. I agree. I think this is a good pickup. I think Brady now has another. In case you lose Gronkowski to injury, you have another good tight end to throw to. Yeah. And you know, you know, he's lost Julian Edelman. That's a big loss. You know, despite the fact that the Patriots, he still has a lot of good team players to throw to, like Brandon Cooks. You know, Rob Gronkowski, Hogan, and even even James White, the running back who can catch as well. It's going to be interesting to see, and, you know, this is a good pickup. Now, the Eagles signed defensive tackle to, um, Tim Jernigan to a $48 million extension. Great player here. Eagles really trying to beef up their team. What do you think about the Eagles? Let's let's talk about the Eagles for a minute. 8-1, and one, one of their best records yet. The last time they were 8-1, and one, they finished the season back in 2005 with at 13-3, and three, and that was the year they lost to the Cardinals in the playoffs. With that being said, well, what is your take on the Eagles? What what do you see from them? Do you see them going far like the Cowboys did? Or do you see them like being, being like how the Cowboys did and lose in the wild card? Um, uh, I think uh, that uh, the Eagles uh, could potentially be a threat, but they just uh, can't uh, let that get to them uh, because uh, like right now they have the best record in the NFL. They have a right, better record than the Patriots. Oh, yeah. They've, they're the only team with one loss, too, and, you know, the last time they went to a Super Bowl, they lost to Tom Brady Patriots. So say we were to see Eagles versus Patriots matchup, <laughs> that's going to be pretty interesting. Yes. You want to talk about the Rams. Teams like the Rams, Jared Goff, showing that he is maybe an elite NFL QB because the Rams are doing pretty well. You look at this defense, Will, and you look at this offense, how Todd Gurley went from struggling last year to being doing so well. What's your take on the Rams this year? Yeah. Right, excuse me. Um, Rams have been uh, surprising, especially with this duo of uh, uh, Gurley and Goff. Um, normally, whenever a team moves, you expect them to start off not so good. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, Boy, have the Rams approved the people wrong uh, so far this season. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I've been very impressed with that. The Bills have been impressive. You know, they may have lost to the Jets last week, but they've still, they still are, are in there with the Patriots for first round in that AFC East. And the Jaguars have won the last three games. The Saints, their defense has been the best since 2008. Right. They are, they've won six games in a row. They are 6-2. and two. They started the season 0-2. Now they're 6-2. and two. Let's talk about 
these teams that come out of nowhere, like the Jaguars and the Saints, what where did these teams come from? Well, I mean, we know the Saints have great QB, Drew Brees, but how do their defense upgrade so quickly the way they do? No. Oh, I have no idea. In fact, I was starting to wonder if we could switch offensive coordinator, if Gardner Webb could switch offensive coordinators with uh, the Saints. <laughs> uh, but uh, I don't know what uh, the Saints have been uh, doing. And as for the Jaguars, Blake Bortles has sort of been on and off. One uh, time he'll have a really good game, other time he'll have a not so good game. Saints, however, have been uh, very solid. To win six games in a row, uh, that's uh, something that you shouldn't be ashamed of, especially since we're. Uh, now officially midway through the season. Yeah, it's gonna be it's a it's it's a good season. I like where the NFL is going. There's been a lot of surprises and sadly a lot of bad injuries that have really affected teams like the Packers losing on Aaron Rodgers. You know the Texans have lost two great players. It's good. So the NFL's been kind of interesting. You want to recap the Cardinals versus Seattle? Another big player lost. Richard Sherman will miss his first game ever because he is since he started his career in the NFL seven years going on, seven years ongoing. He is out for the season because he tore his Achilles yesterday against the Cardinals. Big loss for the Seattle Seahawks, Will, in that backfield, wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely. Because when you have uh, the motivation from uh, Richard uh, Sherman, um, uh, that obviously uh, takes away a lot of uh, motivation uh, from uh, Seattle, who are trying to get back on track and trying to get their identity uh, back from when they dominated in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Yes, you know, Cardinals are trying to do the same thing. You know, ever since losing Carson Palmer, they've struggled a little bit. And, you know, they lost. It was a slow game, like always, against Seattle. When Seattle plays the Cardinals, it was 22-16 was the final score Seattle. They're 5-4 now after losing to a nail-biter against the Redskins. What does Seattle need to do now? What what it, what it does Pete Carroll's plan need to be going into the rest of the season now? You have played nine games. You have, let's see, they play 16. There's They play a total of 16. That makes it seven more? Yes, how, I believe so. What do you, how do you prepare for these next seven games? Because it's not going to be easy for them. Well, obviously you need to find a replacement and uh, quick uh, and uh, try to get him uh, comfortable in that position because he's going to be filling in some pretty big shoes. Oh, uh, yes, and it's going to be interesting. You know, why has Russell Wilson struggled so much a little this year? Uh, I actually don't uh, know. I think it's uh, uh, because uh, he realizes uh, that uh, as you you keep going on in your career, then you realize that uh, things aren't as easy as you thought because the early part of his uh, career, uh, they blew out Peyton Manning and the Broncos in the Super Bowl. And a a couple years later, they made the Super Bowl again, and they just barely beat, and they uh, almost uh, beat uh, Tom Brady and the Patriots. uh, (laughs) So I figured uh, maybe Russell Wilson is uh, having a little bit of, I wouldn't say self-doubt, because uh, you never should have uh, self-doubt, but I don't really know what the correct term is. Uh, uh, maybe just a lot going on. Yes. And, you know, it's Seattle. They've had a couple of injuries this year. They've added a couple of good players, but their running game is weak. Eddie Lacy has been weak this year. And honestly, it comes to that point where do you keep Eddie Lacy after this year? Because you've just signed him for one year. Do you extend it? Maybe not. So it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, we're going to go to the picks for Week 10 of the NFL now, Will. Speaking of good teams, Saints, 6-2, and two, take on the Bills at 5-3. and three. Who wins this one, Will? Okay, so Bills are obviously uh, shaking up after that huge loss uh, to uh, the Jets. You would think that that could probably uh, have been an easy win uh, for the Bills, especially since they acquired uh, Kelvin Benjamin, even though Kelvin Benjamin didn't. <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> even though Kelvin Benjamin didn't exactly uh, play. Um, I don't know if he is here, but if he is, then that uh, should help uh, the Bills' offense a lot. But uh, the Saints' defense, high-powered, 
Same thing with their offense. Overall, they're going to be a threat to the NFC. I'm going to go with the Saints. I would love to see the Bills' excuse for when they lose to the Saints. I've got the Saints in this one. Because, you know, they had an excuse against the Jets, how the NFL was unfair to them. Yeah. So, I, I like the Bills, but I'm going with the Saints in this one. Saints win seven in a row here. Bengals 3-5 and five take on the 5-3 and three Titans. It's going to be an interesting game here, you know. A.J. Green is going to be allowed to play. Neither him or Jalen Ramsey were suspended after the big fight between them during the game against the Jaguars. Right. All right, so Titans look decently well. Mariota doing well, back from injury. De- DeMarco Murray struggling tremendously, though. And this Titans game, Titans have been on and off. Who wins this one, Will? All right, well, we for both teams, we have two quarterbacks who I actually think are kind of underrated in Andy Dalton and Marcus Mariota. Uh, and uh, for them uh, to be at this point of uh, their careers, uh, I think this is their uh, chance to possibly uh, do something, uh, oh, yeah. especially uh, Mariota, because the Titans haven't been uh, doing uh, that well uh, in the past couple of years. So for the Titans uh, to win this one, I think it's a big step forward. I'm going to go with Tennessee. I like that one, and Marcus Mariota is one of the most underrated QBs. I looked at Andy Dalton. He chokes so easily. It, it makes me feel like he's overrated, but... I'm going to go with the Bengals in an upset by Ooh, a field okay. goal here. I'm going to go with that. Okay. Vikings 6-2 and two take on a on-and-off Washington Redskins team. It's no Sam uh. Bradford. No Sam Bradford here. Sam Bradford's out for the season after getting surgery. So they've got Case Keenum, who's done decently well. It's the tale of um, two underrated QBs, probably overrated if you're talking about Kirk Cousins in my opinion, but who wins this one, Will? Uh, well, like you said, Redskins have been on and off, and uh, Kirk Cousins has been struggling uh, quite a bit. As for the Vikings, even though they lost Sam Bradford, they've done exceptionally well. They have the same record as the Saints right now, one of the best in the NFC. And they lead their conference. You used to see the Packers on there? Uh, it's the Vikings. It's the Vikings. Normally the Packers would be up there, uh, but <laughs> uh, I'm actually going to go with the Vikings because they've been uh, surprising. I like this one. Like I said, Vikings have been underrated this year. I think you don't want to mess with them. Now, like talking about the Redskins, they have been up and down, like we've said. And, you know, that win against Seattle looked was really impressive. Although, even though they both both of those teams scored under 20 points last, last week, and it was almost under 10 the way that game was going. With that being said, I'm going to go with the Vikings in this one. I think they beat the Redskins. The Cowboys, Ezekiel Elliott-Liss in this game. They take on Matt Ryan. And the Atlanta Falcons, a struggling Falcons team at that. Dak Prescott coming into Atlanta, hoping to get another big win here. They upset the Kansas City Chiefs. Now they're trying to beat the Falcons here. They're the favorites in this game. Who wins this one, Will? Cowboys trying to prove that they're still in it. So far, so good. Uh, They're going to take on a struggling uh, Falcons, uh, whose offense hasn't been all that impressive as of late, even with uh, Matt Ryan. Uh, So I say that I'm going to go with the, the Cowboys in this one. You know... I've been thinking, you know, is it gonna let? Are they gonna let Ezekiel Elliott being out go into their head? I hope not, and I hope you know Jason Garrett comes to this game saying, "Guys, just keep your head in it. We're gonna play our best ball and show that we are not reliable to one player, but we have many great players here." And you know, I, it's gonna be a t- big, tough game. I think the Falcons win this one in a close one. Dolphins versus the Panthers on Monday night, which Will will be going to, actually. Yes, I will. Dolphins up and down this year. Um, taking on a Panthers team at 6-3, and three, won the last two games. Definitely beat the Falcons last week for first place. No, actually, they're not in first place. For second place, because Saints at first. All right, with that being said, though, with <laughs> Will, who wins this one? All right, so this is going to be my second time uh, seeing the Panthers uh, live in at the Panther Stadium, of course. So this is going to be my, th- my, my first time seeing them this year. <clears throat> Next time will be at the Jets. Um, 
but so this is a I think my uh, chance to see how well uh, Cam Newton uh, does because I've seen him on the TV before. He's struggling. He seems to be a little bit on and off, despite the Panthers being uh, six and three. Yeah, and despite uh, the fact that uh, Greg Olson is uh, still out for at least two more weeks. Yeah, um, uh, but uh, Panthers just been uh, surprising uh, as of. Uh, like, I don't think anybody expected them to do as well as they are right now. Yeah. When they lost Kellen Benjamin and Greg Olson and a bunch of their other receivers. Uh, and with their defense being led by Luke Keckley, uh, I think they're, they're still a pretty young uh, team. I'm going to go with the Panthers. You said everything I wanted to say. So <laughs> all I can say is Panthers. I got the Panthers in this one. It hasn't been the same since Peggy Manning left. But despite all that, the Broncos and Patriots still, still are still produce good games when they face each other. A struggling Broncos team, but now they take on a Patriots team that hasn't started out as hot as they would want. But Tom Brady takes on the Von Miller and the defense of the Broncos. Who wins this one, Will? All right, so uh, obviously uh, Patriots are trying to uh, take take this uh, to Denver, uh, make it seem like they own the AFC. Um, while they uh, he are dominant, uh, they should be careful when they walk into Mile High uh, Stadium because... Uh, Although I've never been there before, I know it can get uh, crazy. Uh, I think this will be a close game, but I think the Patriots will pull this one out. I've got the Patriots in this one too. After what I saw with the Broncos against the Eagles, I just I don't think the Broncos are that impressive this year. I'm going with the um, Patriots in this one. Now for college football, before we get to picks, Wisconsin Badgers lost their top receiver to a serious leg injury. Um, Quintus Cephas led them in catches and touchdown catches as well. He's out for the season. This is a big blow to Wisconsin. Would you say so, Will? Uh. If, if he's their top receiver and he's out for the season, then yes, it is. But, you know, they're still undefeated, but they didn't move anywhere in the rankings. They stayed at number eight, which they showed very, which they showed how upset they were about that. Let's say, you know, they play Iowa. Let's say they beat Iowa. Does Wisconsin deserve to be up at number five at least? Uh, definitely, because uh, I think any team deserves it to be uh, to get a shot at the playoff. Uh, but uh, for it to be reserved for the big schools like Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, and Notre Dame, I think that might be a little bit unfair for everybody else. They oh, will, yeah. Who work uh, their butts off all season long. Especially since Clemson lost to Syracuse and is still in the top rankings. It makes no sense to me, really and truly. I don't know. With that being said, though, you know, State lost the nail-biter to Clemson. Well, Dave Dorn and Davo Swinney are going at it with each other because Dave Dorn, head coach for NC State, Said that they were using laptops to using laptops and cheating in the game, studying NC State's plays. Through it's kind of like the Yankees and Red Sox situation we right. talked about a few weeks ago. Of course, Dabo says no, we didn't, but he claims State was doing the same thing. It's like a brother. It's like sibling arguing to mom on this one situation. It's crazy right. and. What do you think about this whole thing? You know, we just went from Jerry Jones versus Roger Goodell to two ACC high ACC coaches going at it with each other now. What's what do you? Th- well, one of them is a very well respected ACC coach, uh, Dabo Sweeney, uh, and uh, for him to be accused of this and for him to make accusations of his own, that kind of uh, alters his image a little bit. Uh, uh, but uh, I don't know if they'll go into more detail about this or if there will be an investigation or whatever. But uh, it's in the past now. They got to move uh, forward, and uh, who knows? Maybe sometime during the yeah. off season they'll go more into detail about this. Uh, but I think for right now they just need to leave it be and just uh, 
try to finish this season. An Alabama player actually reported they were going for State to upset Clemson, which people thought they were because State was up, up at the half. And Alabama fans, there's some video footage of them watching the game and booing Clemson. <laughs> it's funny, actually. How does Penn State bounce back from two straight losses? They lost to Ohio State by one point. They lost to Michigan State by three in a very delayed in a del- game that was delayed for almost five hours. Now, they – oh, dang it, I forgot to put the game on the thing. But how do they bounce back from these two losses? Oh, boy, this is a tough um, – when you have the star power of – Saquon Barkley. <coughs> Bless you. you. Saquon Barkley, Trace McSorley, and being led by Jam- Coach Rick James Franklin. Yeah. You'd think that uh, they would already be in the top five spots. Mm-hmm. And they were for a, a good for a little bit. They were even ranked number two. In the nation, I know. Um, but for them to uh, now just fall further and uh, further, this is obviously uh, a sign that they're you know, struggling a little bit, or they could just be cracking under the pressure. Uh-huh. What what do you think about Northwestern being ranked number twenty five now, and Iowa after killing Ohio State being ranked number twenty now? What do you think of those two teams? Are they are they going to be the teams to look out for for the rest of the season? Uh, possibly, considering there's only three games left to this whole uh, season, uh, and holy cow, uh, has the season flown by really oh, quick? Oh heck yes, it's crazy. Um, uh, but I say that. Uh, uh, I say that anything can happen at this uh, point uh, since we're getting into uh, like the the really tough games uh, now. It is now time for Week 11 picks for college football. First tonight, number nine Washington, Jake Browning takes on Bryce Love and number and Stanford, who got who lost to Washington State, knocked out of the rankings. They're six and three. Now they take on number nine Washington, who is doing very well despite their loss. To Colorado. With that being said, who wins this one, Will? I'm going to go with uh, Washington. Uh, Stanford's still going to be shaken up by that uh, loss to Washington State. Uh, Jake Browning, uh, he's going to be uh, completely motivated. Uh, Huskies will win this one. I'm going with the Huskies as well. I see Washington with potential here. I really do. It's always a good game when these two play. Florida, 3-5, and five, takes on South Carolina, who lost to Georgia badly, but bouncing back. They're 6-3 and three this year. Who wins this one, Get Will? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, South Carolina. Florida's just been uh, very struggling as of uh, late, and I think don't know if this uh, season is uh, for them, but uh, maybe after a few adjustments uh, they'll uh, get back on track. But I say for now the Gamecocks will take this game. I think so. I think the Gamecocks take this game as well. Florida, like you said, Florida is struggling. There's no other way to put it. For the surprisers have been the surprising team of Virginia Cavaliers six and three take on Lamar Jackson and Louisville who is five and four they are one and three in these last few games who wins this one will okay so uh, Louisville they really need to get back on uh, track because uh, they were in the top twenty five uh, when the season first started and for them uh, to be now unranked uh, and for them uh, to who uh, have lost three of their last uh, four games, that's obviously a sign uh, that uh, they need to think, okay, we need to get back on uh, track as soon as possible. And I think they could uh, do it right here. I'm going to go with Louisville. I'm going with um, Louisville here as well. Actually, wait, did I have Louisville? Wait, where did I have that circle? Was, oh, no, I have, Virginia, I have Virginia upsetting oh, okay. them, actually. Okay. I have Virginia's defense like dominating this one. I think they're a good team. Watch out. The last unranked game, SMU 6-3, takes on Navy 5-3. It's a good game. SMU's done really well this year, so is Navy. Two top running offenses. Who wins this one, Will? Yeah, two high, uh, two very good running offenses. Uh, but I say that uh, yeah, Navy deserves Ooh. this one more. 
I get I've got SMU winning this in a nail biter here. Number twelve, Michigan State. Seven and two after a big win against Penn State. Faces a number thirteen ranked Ohio State. Seven and two after a very embarrassing loss to Iowa with a fifty-five to twenty-four. This this is always a good game with these two play. Their rivals just they're not as big rivals as Ohio State is with Michigan, but they're big rivals. With that being said, Will, who wins this one? This is big for both teams here. Big, big for both teams. They want to make an impact. Uh, I say that Michigan State will make uh, more of an impact. I'm going to go with the Spartans. I like that, too. I'm going to go with the Spartans in this one, too. I like what I've seen from Michigan State. I think Ohio State loses their second straight game. JT Parrott's a good QB, but you look at this Michigan State defense as well as what their offense has produced. I like them, Michigan State in this one. Number 15, Oklahoma State. Lost the nail buyer to Oklahoma. They take on Iowa State. Now, Iowa State upset TCU and Oklahoma. Despite they lost to West Virginia last week in a nail-biter, they're still ranked, fighting for a top spot. Who wins this one, Will? Ooh, this is a, a tough one. Uh, Mason Rudolph, uh, as impressive as he is, uh, um, he's going to have a, a plate bowl when he goes up against uh, Iowa State because when Iowa State knocked off TCU and Oklahoma, that obviously uh, proves that uh, they mean uh, business. Yeah. So I think uh, that uh, the Cowboys just need to be on top of their A game. I think uh -huh. uh, they will, but just barely. I'm going to go with the Cowboys. I'm going to go with Oklahoma State as well. I, I like Iowa State in this one. I mean, if they be upset Oklahoma State, give props to them. They've done well this Major. year. Major. Major. Beating three of the top Big 12 opponents. You know how hard that is. It's probably the, one of the hardest things you can do in college football. <laughs> it's harder than beating the SEC teams, really, in my opinion. Well, with that being said, I got Oklahoma State. Number 20, NC State, 6-3, and three, takes on Boston College at 5-4. and four. Boston College has done well. They've won the last three of their four games. State has lost to two ranked teams in their last two games. Of course, Notre Dame, and they almost beat Clemson but came up short. Now they take on Boston College. It's always a good one when these two play. So, Will, this, number 23 State, by the way. Right. Who wins this one, Will? Uh, I think NC State's going to be completely motivated. They lost it to Clemson, and uh, they... Uh, they just come so close every uh, single time, and they're going to have to be all uh, fired up uh, for this one. Um, uh, Boston College is impressive that they've been doing. I don't know if uh, they'll be able to stop uh, the uh, Wolfpack from running all over them. I'm going to go with NC State. You know, I really had to think about this game because you're in an unbiased situation. Right. In a biased situation, I would like State to win, but I looked at the unbiased part of it. State really motivated here. They've got a great team, and their chance of going to AC Championship is still great if Clemson loses to Florida State because Florida State... Is Clemson's last ACC game because then they play Citadel next week and then South Carolina. So this is this is something state this is a, a game state needs to win and they need Clemson to lose. I'm going with Boston College in an upset here Ooh. over NC State. With that being said, Georgia number one Georgia takes on number ten Auburn. It's gonna be it's always a good game when these two play. This is somewhat of a rivalry actually. A little bit. Who wins this one, Will? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Georgia. <laughs> Who would have uh, thought that uh, the Bulldogs would be number one in the nation? They're above Alabama, too, of all teams. Uh, uh, so uh, I'm, I say that the Bulldogs will continue to be impressive. They might actually be able to knock uh, Alabama out of the playoff picture uh, should they uh, do this well and should they play Alabama in the SEC title picture. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Bulldogs. They just uh, continue to roll. Nick Chubb is nine yards away from passing Bo Jackson as the fourth um, top running back overall in rushing yardage and rushing touchdowns as well. This is crazy because we're talking about Bo Jackson here. Yes. The great. With that being said, Georgia, I like Georgia over Auburn. Auburn is overrated in my opinion. Just, okay. I think that they're a good team, but I see Georgia winning this one. Iowa, after blowing out Ohio State, is now ranked at number 20, and they take on an undefeated number 8 Wisconsin. 
who is have a couple injuries. They lost two linebackers to injury, and they they've lost their um receiver, their best receiver, out for the season. Linebackers expected to come back next week. With that being said, who wins this one? Wills does Iowa upset Wisconsin as well. Wisconsin's going to be struggling uh, this uh, whole game. As for Iowa, they're going to be very motivated. You, they knocked off Ohio State, so obviously they have all the motivation uh, they need. Uh, I think I'll go with the Hawkeyes in an upset here. We're also talking about a team that beat Michigan and held Penn State to 10 points in one game. Yes. Now, I want to talk about how Wisconsin has done this year. Who have they really played this year that you can say, hey, Wisconsin deserves a top spot? I don't really know, to be honest. They have re- not really anybody. This is, the re- to me, their first real tough game. I think Wisconsin still wins it. It's going to be a nail-biter here. It's going to be a low-scoring 13-10 to 10 game, Wisconsin. Now we've got number two, Alabama, undefeated. Now they take on a number 16-ranked Mississippi State. You know, people are alarmed because UMass, UMass was giving them a game there. But now you talk about Mississippi State, a, a, a top-rushing offense. They take on a number one rushing defense here. Who wins this one, Will? Okay, so whenever these two teams uh, play, uh, it could I, it honestly could go either way. Because Mississippi State has been able to knock off Alabama once or twice. Uh, uh, but the, on the other hand, Alabama has just been uh, the dominant team that we all know them to be. Uh, and uh, for this game, I'm going to say that Alabama continues to be dominant. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the Crimson Tide. I'm going to go with Alabama as well. I like them in this game, I think. The defense really plays a part in here, and you you have to watch out for the defense. That's what really helped them in the LSU game. I watched that game, very impressive. The offense wasn't that wasn't as too impressive, however. Notre Dame at number three. Oh, I got Alabama. If I didn't say that, yeah. Notre Dame at number three takes on undefeated number seven Miami. This is going to be a good one. This is for my this is Miami's chance to try and get in the college playoff spot here. Who wins this game, Will? Oh, this was a very uh, tough uh, game to choose from. Miami has been proven that they're dominant, but so has Notre Dame as of late. Yeah. Um, uh, but I say that uh, Notre Dame is probably going to be more motivated uh, for this one because uh, uh-huh. th- they've been struggling the last uh, few seasons. And I agree. Th- this could probably be their chance at redemption, uh, finally. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go with the Fighting Irish. I'm going to go with Notre Dame as well. It's going to be a close one. Don't 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 knock this game off. It's not going to I don't think it's going to be a blowout here. I think it's Miami's going to give them oh, a game, not. but Notre Dame's going to win it in the end. Lastly, this is a top this is for all the marbles. This is for first place in the Big 12 here. Number 6 TCU Horn Frogs. Number faces number 5 Oklahoma Baker Mayfield and the Oklahoma Sooners here. Take on T- Kenny Hill and the TCU Horn Frogs. Both teams have lost to Iowa State. That's what they have in common. Both teams also have in common that they could get first place, whoever wins this one. So who will win, Will? Oh, this is a tough one. Uh, you have uh, two very strong uh, quarterbacks. They both have bright futures ahead of them. Uh, but I say who? Uh, I think it's all a matter of who wants it more. I think uh, for this one uh, that Oklahoma wants it more. Uh, uh, so I'm going to go with the Sooners. I really think people have really undermined Oklahoma. I mean... I think they should be over Clemson here. I love the ACC. I support Clemson, but I think of Oklahoma and who they've played. They deserve there. But with that being said, though, I want—I think that Oklahoma wins this in a very close game. I could see them winning this by a touchdown. After that game against Oklahoma State, their defense was very off, and I don't think they're, I think they're going to struggle stopping TCU, but I think they win it in the end. With that being said, I am TJ. And I'm Will. And this is Real, Real Talk, Talk Sports. Sports. See you soon.